you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with us to Matthew uh, chapter 26, beginning with verse uh, 14. Then one of the twelve, called Judas Iscariot, went unto the chief priest and said unto them, What will ye give me, and I will deliver him unto you? And they coveted it with him for thirty pieces of silver. From that time he saw opportunity to betray him. Now the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the disciples came to Jesus, saying unto him, Where wilt thou that we prepare for thee to eat the Passover? And he said, Go into the city and such a man, and say unto him, The master saith, My time is at hand, I will keep the Passover at the house with my disciples. And the disciples did as Jesus had appointed them, and they made ready the Passover. Now, when the even was come, he sat down with the twelve. And as they did eat, he said, Verily I say unto you, that one of you shall betray me. And they were exceedingly sorrowful, and began every one of them to say unto him, Lord, is it I? And he answered and said, He that dippeth his hand with me in the dish, the same shall betray me. The Son of Man goeth as it is written of him, but woe unto that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It had been good for that man if he had not been born. Then Judas, which betrayed him, answered and said, Master, is it I? He said unto him, Thou hast said. Father, Lord, I pray that you'd help us not to be one that would betray you as our Savior. Lord, help us to be on guard, to keep our eyes on you. In Jesus' name, amen. To be betrayed is a bad way to be treated. Sometimes members are betrayed. Sometimes pastors are betrayed. And it's a bad way to be treated. We might say, oh, well, I'd never do that. I remember Peter said the same thing. I, Lord, you can count on me. I'll never go against you. I'll be right by your side all the way. Even I'll go to the cross with you. And we know that the Lord said, Peter, you, you son, you can't. I know your heart's right. I know your attitude's right, but you, you can't handle it. But he said, I can tell you this much. Before the rooster crows, you'll deny me three times. And that's what happened. And the Bible says that uh, Peter realized, hey, he, he did betray the Lord. He went back on his word. And the Bible says that he went out and wept bitterly. Conviction. Conviction. If we're convicted of our sin... The thing about it is when we not only are convicted, we confess our sin to the Lord. And when we confess our sin, he cleans us up all over again. It's like physically taking a bath. You know, hey, one a day is not going to hurt some of us. Hello? Some folk can't get clean. They take two or three a day. Well, whatever it takes. 
But the word betrayal, um, and we, we notice in the scriptures here, the value of 30 pieces of silver, $20 a month's wages, the price of a slave. And all Judas had to do with this money was to walk up, kiss Jesus on the jaw. That's all he had to do. You see, the devil makes it so easy for us to betray the Lord, to betray our Bible, betray prayer, betray visiting, betray church. He makes it easy. Uh, in the world that we live in today, there is so much that uh, people can do and, and get into on Sunday that's uh, real relaxing and real enjoyable. But I look at it this way. It's commitment. It's commitment. Being here, being in your place of worship, being in your place of service. Uh, I got a whole host of things that says what they could have done if only I'd have been there. If only I had have been there. You know, a lot of times, if only I could have been there, it would have made all the difference in the world. When I think of Judas, First of all, I think of the man. Just, just the man. What, what kind of man was he? You know, what kind of home life did he have? The Bible don't really go into it to say what kind of home life that he had. Uh, but, uh, you know, he didn't set out to betray Jesus. Uh, I read back even to this afternoon in the calling of the disciples by Jesus. He called each one by name. And they left to follow him. And at the end of that list, and he also called Judas, the one who would betray him. You know, his surrender, just to, uh, I don't know what kind of man he was, okay, but just to step out of the crowd that he uh, probably mixed and mingled with, or step out and say, I'll go with you, Lord. I'll go with you. Well, when we think of his surrender, you know, um, the disciples, the rest of them honored him by putting him in charge of the money. Putting him in charge of the money. Uh, they trusted him. Okay? And, uh, you know, today, the word trust is far and few between in people. Sad to say. Sad to say. I mean, if you can't trust me, my goodness, what are you doing here with me? Uh, and I've, in counseling married couples, when I get to the T, I, I, I make mention of the word trust. I said, if you can't trust him and you can't trust her, what happens if you drop the T off of trust? And the, and the girl said, you rust. I said, yeah, and you rust. And first thing you know, it falls apart and it decays and it's no longer there. You've got to have that trust. And the disciples had that trust. Now, you know, it's, uh, it could be mind-boggling. It could be tangling to say, well, Jesus knows all things, doesn't he not? Sure he does. Well, why did he choose Judas? <coughs> I believe just like he chooses everybody else. We've all been chosen, but we haven't all surrendered, okay? We've all been chosen, but not all of us are committed. And he was honored by the apostles. Not only the man that we see, you know, that uh, Jesus called him, 
disciples honored him. But then we see the monster in the man. <coughs> what happened to Judas to cause him to do what he did? To go the way he went? Um, to commit such a sin? We can only come up with one thing as I can recall and looking and reading and that was Satan's power. You know, he saw a way that um, I could make a little extra money here. I'll just uh, ease in, join their meeting, and volunteer. That's what he did. What will you give me? What can I do for you guys? I know where he hangs out. I know he's scheduled. What would you like for me to do? They coveted it with him for 30 pieces of silver, the price of a slave. Fact, when I think of why he did what he did, he, he refused to allow Jesus to have his heart, to have his whole beat. You know, I'll be there for, as a character witness, but you know, don't count on me to say nothing. I'll be at church, but don't count on me to do anything. You know, I just want to come, sit, get up, and go home. The um, Bible talks about that kind of a church member. It talks about salt and its taste, its sever. And what does it say? It says, if the salt has lost its taste, if the salt has lost its uh, ability, if the salt does not care, it's good for nothing but to be taken out, scattered out, tromped on by the foot of men. I, I try to take myself around the, uh, the Lord's table when, when Jesus said, one of you, one of you is going to betray me, guys. There's only 12 of us, uh, 12, 13 of us, but one of you is going to betray me. And the Bible said to each one, one by one, said it is I, is it I, Lord, is it I? Got all the way around to the last one. That was Judas. Master. You know, you take the word master there with a capital letter. If Jesus had been his master, he wouldn't have fallen into the devil's trap. But he wasn't. But he addressed Jesus as master. Is it I? I can imagine maybe that Jesus could not even look at him in the eye, but maybe dropped his head when he said, you know, you know you are. Don't you know that must have shocked the rest of the disciples? Hey, he's been with us here for three years. What's going on with him? The only way you find out what's going on with anybody is to spend some time with them. There's no use asking somebody else about so-and-so. You go ask so-and-so yourself, hey, what's going on in your life? I've noticed lately that you, you've, you've stopped this or you've quit that. What's going on uh, in your life? Well, they might say it's none of your business. So, okay, if that's the way they put it, fine. Or they may say, hey, I'm glad you asked. I'm really glad you asked. Um. Matthew 27. I didn't ask Cassie to put this up. Matthew 27. 
Just flip over a couple of pages there. Matthew 27, verses 3 through 5. Once uh, Judas realized his mistake, um, he went to give the money back, but it was too late. Look at Matthew 27, verses 3 through 5. Good girl, thank you. And Judas, which had betrayed him, when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself and brought again the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priest and the elders, saying, I have sinned. And you've got to give him credit there. He admitted that he had sinned. He said, I have sinned in that I have betrayed, notice what it says, innocent blood. And they said, what's that to us? See thou to that. In other words, hey, we don't care, man. You done done your thing. We paid you. And then this is what Judas did. And he cast down the silver, the pieces of silver in the temple and departed. And went and hanged himself. I wonder what his family thought. You know, Judas loved money more than he did the Messiah. The Bible says that the love of money is the root of all evil. Not possession of money is the root of all evil, but the love of money. And people a lot of times miss the word love. It's the love of money. In other words, I'll do anything it takes to get to make this money, whatever it takes. And that's what he did. He what? Hey, yeah, we want you to. How you gonna do it? Well, I'll just walk up to him, give him a kiss on the jaw, and y'all know, hey, that's him. That's him. And you remember this morning when they said, hey, who you looking for? We're looking for Jesus. Well, here I am. No, here I am. You think about the many losses of Judas. He lost his position. When he left the group, he lost his position. And then he lost his power. And then the person he was was no longer. And then he lost his soul. Can you imagine? Well, let me just say it this way. I wouldn't be the judge to say where Judas is. But the Bible doesn't say anything about him repenting to the Lord. He repented to those priests and all and said, Hey, I'm sorry. I have betrayed innocent blood. Here's your money back. Hey, what's that to us? We could care less now. The Bible says that... um, What will it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Judas is somewhere tonight. He's either in heaven or hell. I'm not not the judge because between, between the time that he threw the money down there in the temple back and said, hey, I've sinned against innocent blood, from that point to the point that he hanged himself, only God knows what he did in his heart. Now, 
What will a man give in exchange for his soul? Literally, there's nothing he can give in exchange. You got your soul, your soul, we're stuck with our soul uh, forever and ever. Whether we go to heaven or whether we go to hell, the, the soul is, is there, period, okay? Now, we don't need to let Satan rule us. When we think of, of what situations we find ourselves in, we don't need to allow Satan to rule over us, and we don't need to let Satan determine our, the destiny of our soul. You see, those who are lost, he has already got. He don't have a problem here. He's already got them. Well, all of us who are saved, he has lost our soul, but he's going to antagonize us on the physical side, on the mental side, to the point sometime we may break under that pressure. But I'm this kind. I believe the Bible teaches once saved, always saved, if you ever were saved. Hello? Um, so, you know, when a, when a person in our society today commits suicide, I've heard people say, well, they're in hell. I said, how do you know? Because they committed suicide. That doesn't mean the person goes to hell. The only sin that's unforgivable is rejecting Jesus Christ. Okay. Uh, as I read this portion of God's Word, verse 16. Cassie, would you throw that back up there, verse 26, 16? I'll give you a moment there. You uh, can put that up for us if you don't mind. Um, Matthew 26, 16. It says, and from that time, from the time that he agreed with the chief priests and scribes and all that crowd to take money and betray Jesus, from that moment, it says, he looked for, he sought out and tried to discover what is the best way and the best opportunity to betray Jesus. So I began to think about that. What does the devil do to us, okay? So I want to give you some words right quick. They're simple, and every one of them starts with a P, okay? First of all, uh, there's the, um, the process, okay? There's a process. The devil knows all the angles, y'all. I mean, he knows every angle of your life and mine, and he can figure out the process to where to get us caught up in something that we don't need to be caught up in. You see the process, but then, not only a process that uh, Judas did here, but next we notice the partnership, okay? He partnered with these guys uh, to betray Jesus. It was a process, then there was a partnership, and then as the money began to jingle, it became a passion to him, a passion that, hey, man, I, I got this money now. I'm, I, here's some things I'm going to do with it. And I thought, my goodness, you know, the process and, and the partnership and, and, and then the passion for that. Then there was a pattern. He said to them, he said, I look, I know where he hangs out. And I'll, I'll meet you wherever you want to meet. You've already paid me for the job. I'll meet with you. And we'll go to this garden, because that's where he is. At this time of night, that's where he is. Remember? Maybe a spring evening. Full moon, bright. And here they come. 
Jesus and his disciples, they're there. This mob walks up. And I bet you, can you imagine? Bible don't say this either. But those 11 disciple boys that was there with Jesus, don't you imagine they begin to say, look who's in the midst of that crowd. It's Judas. What is he doing? And Judas steps out, following the process, following the pattern. I'll let you know. And he walks out, walks up, and kisses Jesus. I think sometime from that point until he hanged himself, the last word with a P, only God knows the pain that Judas felt. The pain. We're living in a society where pain a lot of times is controlled by drugs. We're living in a society where it's easy to get a hold to those drugs that uh, give us pain-free motion. We're living in a society where that can become addictive because of pain. But not only physical pain, but I think of the emotional pain. I can't imagine what he must have, how he must have done it whether he tied a rope around a tree, put the noose, and climbed up and jumped out. We don't know. The Bible doesn't say it. It just says, and he went out and hanged himself. I think, no. And the devil does that today, y'all. It's, it's a process that he goes through with us. And if we aren't careful, even though we may be saved, hey, he prays on a backslidden Christian. He forms a partnership. And first thing you know, it becomes a, a passion. And then there's a pattern. And then we realize, just like where it says there, that he come to his senses basically and realize, hey, I, I, I have messed up big time. And then the pain starts setting in. But the thing about it is, a lot of times we as Christians don't realize that we may be sitting beside somebody who's fighting that emotional pain, wanting to do right, but don't know how. And a lot of times it's on people's facial expressions. Ask them. Ask them. Sometimes people might say, well, nobody's talking to me. I, you know, I, I want to talk to somebody, but I don't know who to talk to. So I'll just keep it to myself. Pain. We just need to be on guard, y'all. Because the devil's real. He is the most powerful, second, excuse me, second most powerful being in the universe. We're no match for him. You know, if he uh, would attack Jesus out there in the wilderness, hey, we're nothing. He will attack us. I think the way God is really blessing First Baptist, but we as Christians, we need to be on guard because Satan is not happy. And I guarantee he's planning an attack somewhere within our congregation. So we got to be on guard.
Father, I thank you for the evening. Thank you for this time to be with our people. Lord, there's such precious folk here, and I just, uh, I thank you for those committed people who come back on Sunday night. Lord, I pray that you bless the homes uh, that they come from. And Lord, I'm sure there's some in here might be hurting emotionally, physically, uh, in pain. And Lord, I pray that you'd give them the, the courage to speak to somebody. Lord, you know I'm available. I, I'll do anything I can for my people, God. I, I just pray that you'd speak to our hearts now for, uh, you know, we want to do what you'd have us to do, Father. And we want to be faithful to you. And we want to do all we can to, to help others to be faithful. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. In whatever way.